All right. Uh, it's Ben, Jen, and Anna today, and we're with, with you for the It's Who We Are podcast. Um, today, we've got my sister, Anna Cilia. I almost, oh, we are just talking about it before, but we we're just saying, I'll try not to call her Anna Hamilton because that's how I remember her. But yeah, Anna Cilia is her name at the moment. And uh, it's going to be really fun. Like, we're just, uh, we've been through a lot in our family. And uh, this today, we've, we, we've asked Anna to come on because she's been through a lot as well. So um, if you know us at all in our family, um, you'll know Anna and what she's been through, but uh, she's been through some big things in her life, especially her young life as um, a teenager or even maybe not, maybe before that, maybe not. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going to learn with everybody today what's going on, but um, she's going to talk about her experiences with anorexia. And the other day we were talking about it and I'm like, don't tell me any information. I, I, want, I, I want to learn it during the podcast so that we can uh, all learn it at the same time and I can react uh, honestly and, and have some questions pop up into my head at the same time. So um, I think we're just going to leave it to Anna now and, and however she wants to take us uh, down this journey and lead us through the story of her life and dealing with anorexia and all that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. So Anna, what do you have to say? Hi, so much. Okay so much <laughs> um oh gosh so like when I when I look back on it and when I actually do the maths about like you know when this happened in my life and I've spoken to mum about it before it's always very shocking to me because I when I when I first started having body image issues and uh you know just really I don't know just obsessing over my weight if is, is probably the best way to say it I was literally a child I was 13 Mm. um when it all started for me so and I had a really I don't know that's like a really uh important time in a young lady's life I think yeah. so being the fact that it like started then I ruined my body <laughs> like it, you know things that should have happened at 13 didn't happen for me um and yeah it kind of went on went on for a really 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 long time after that um so basically I'll just start from the beginning yeah, um we uprooted and uh, like our family moved to Thailand and honestly like I wanted to it was a really exciting thing for me and even my friends thought it was cool you know everyone was just like yeah that's awesome like it was just this really cool thing because mom and dad checked with us they were like do you want to do this if you don't want to do this we're not going to do it and I was like heck yeah that sounds awesome not really knowing what I and and it was awesome but not really knowing what I was agreeing to or understanding was that when sort you, what, did that happen when you were 13? I think I was 14, 15, oh no, 13, 14. 13, that right? yeah, you were 13 when we first went there. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh no, I was 11 when I first went there. That was on the on a separate trip. Though. On a separate that trip. To live. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah. yeah, so like actually that time, and the thing is about um, Asian cultures, I'm not just saying Thailand is, we're different from them. And they like to <laughs> uh, point it out to us. And yeah. even then I was, obviously I'm, I'm 5'10 now, I'm very tall. But then I wasn't, I wasn't even that tall, but they were always just like, oh my gosh, you're so fat. You're this, you're that. You know, I'm like, oh my gosh, these people are so mean. <laughs> it's a very Thai thing, isn't it? I don't know about other yeah, they're like, But yeah, Thailand like, hey, loves telling you. Oh, they love telling you you're fat. They love it. It's just their, their bread and butter, honestly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then I actually, just as a young girl, honestly, I really struggled with that. Like, um, I suppose because I, I've, I had never dealt with that in my life. And they would say it to everyone. They would say it to anyone, like even very thin people, because honestly, the thinnest is not as thin as them. So yeah. Yeah. It, it's just, so that, that paired with the fact that um, I was sort of there. So the first year that I was there was awesome. It was good. I, I just, I only wanted to be with my family. That's all I really cared about. And then we came home because, for visa reasons, I, I assume. And then um, I got, I kind of got in touch with all my friends again and saw everyone. And that was when the struggle really started to set in for me. And I was like, oh, I actually don't think I want to go back. Yeah. Um, but I did because I was like, well, that's what we're doing. And just that year, it wasn't even a year, but just that time that we went back, that was when it got really, really bad for me. I just lost stupid amounts of weight. Do you remember and how old you were then? I would have been 14 then. Yeah. Okay. Um, but honestly, like, 
I've always I've always cared about that. Like I've always really been a bit um, body image obsessed. I don't know why. I don't know where it comes from because we weren't raised like that. Um, but yeah, I've always kind of been like that. I remember as a young girl, as a small child, even going, oh, I think I'm really fat. Like, and I wasn't. I actually wasn't, you know, so like it's just made worse by the fact that I wasn't. But yeah, that second year we came back to Thailand really, really hard. I got really, really sick. Um, and we, mum, mum decided that we needed to go home to get me some help. And I think everyone was just kind of assuming that, oh, she'll go home and she'll get better. She'll go home, she'll get better. She'll start eating again. She'll be with her friends. And the opposite happened. <laughs> I just yeah. got worse worse and worse and worse and it was just like my life just changing in such a drastic way sorry in such drastic ways really just um caused my mental health to just crumble I just yeah. was I was I was suffering like it was really it was really really hard and then um I actually can't remember the timelines mum's probably got more yeah more idea I don't remember there's like sometimes there's details about it that I'm like oh, I don't know I don't remember mm. that <laughs> but I really because my brain wasn't I wasn't functioning like I wasn't no. functioning like a normal person because I was so sick so malnourished um, which I don't know is I don't even know if that's the right term to use that might be I mean I was yeah but, you yeah definitely were yeah just seems a I, bit, I do have I a memory know. of um excuse me about because I, I I'm thinking about the timelines here you're saying you're 13 and 14 and all those times I was in Australia when you were in Thailand. So I was always, yes, you were. So, um, yeah, I remember when you were 14, I was probably 19. Um, and I was at ag college at that time and I didn't yeah. really, I obviously knew it was happening, but it never really meant anything to me. But the time that, and even at the moment, I remember I look back at these photos. I don't know when it was, but I was living in Thailand at the time it was probably our first trip back together with Nung as we were married. And I remember even looking at our wedding photos and you're very thin, but then, mm. then the, the trip that I came on with Nung for our first trip to Australia, uh, Nung's my wife. And then uh, I remember we went to the dam. Do you remember that? What's the dam called? Um, it's up the Samson road. Vale. Samson Lake Vale. Lake Samson Vale. Yep. Yeah. And um, it was really cool. Like I loved going there and I'm looking forward to going there when we get back, but it's just a memory <laughs> that I have, but but I have photos and I was looking at them before and I was just like, and I have a photo of me giving you a piggyback, but I, um, and you were just like skin and bones, like total mm. skin and bones. But at, yeah. the mo at that moment, I didn't notice it. I don't yeah. know what it was. It was so weird. I, I was just wondering if, if any, if either of you two at the moment when it was happening, like when you looked at it, maybe, maybe mum was out of it a little bit just to be able to see from the outside in. But for me, I didn't notice it. It was just like, mm. okay, she's really skinny. But I look at the photos mm. and I'm actually shocked and like yeah. literally a skeleton. And literally. So it's so like, tall. Um, yeah. And it's like, man, I just, I don't know what it was, but like when you're in the moment for me, especially it's just like, uh, it's just, I don't know what it is. Didn't seem just, that bad. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't yeah. seem bad. I get I'm that. Just, yeah. I'm just I, I actually felt like that too, because I remember that day that you're talking about yeah. and cause it was around Christmas. Um, and cause you guys were there for Christmas. Yeah. And I, I was having regular, and I mean regular checkups and weigh-ins and, you know, everything under the sun, these people trying to fix me. <laughs> um, and I was 46 kilos then at 100. I was 173 centimetres tall. I'm 178 now. Um, so I wasn't as tall as I am now, but I was a tall, tall for a young person, like really yeah. tall for a young girl. And I just remember thinking, everyone is just overreacting. Like, it's not a big deal. I'm stressed and this is how I'm dealing with it. Yeah. Like, this is just how I, I, I'm just taking control in this way, you know? And for me, like my point of view, I was just like, everyone's overreacting and I hated the attention. I hated it. But like people would stare at me, even randoms would just stare yeah. at me. And dad would just look at me like with broken heart eyes. Like mm. he was just so, he, dad, like most people, dad really came at me with like a lot of anger though. Like he was just really angry at me and just wanted to like shake it, shake it out of me. And I couldn't really understand that because all I just needed, all I wanted was just like 
just tell me it's gonna be okay because everyone else is like you're gonna die (laughs) and I'm like this is just insane like everyone's telling me this thing but I feel fine Mm. you know that was my point of view anyways at that time I remember that time so well because I actually went into hospital and they were like we're gonna let you stay with your family for Christmas um, which just felt like such a miracle because I was just and but because we were there Lo and at the behold, same time, I got, so I was like, yeah. Yeah, that's why, because mum had explained it all to them. <laughs> and um, But not long after you left, I went straight back, straight into hospital. The reason I, they yeah. put you into hospital that f- first time was because, like, you were on on the borderline of having a heart attack and that's yeah. they had to yeah get vitamins and things into you I can't remember what sort of vitamins they were now but that was what they were worried about uh, like I took you to the doctor that day and she said don't even go home get yourself into that hospital now as soon as you can and that that was the first experience the first reason you had yeah. to go home. yeah yeah mm. that's mm. nuts well just like just for some perspective like in hospital it's always about the weight. It's never about, it's always about the number, sorry. So yeah. I was 46 kilos then. By the time I went into hospital, I had lost six more kilos. Mm. Wow. So, which is hard to imagine because I know the photos you're talking about, Ben. Yeah. Like, and you can just see, you can see from my back, you can see my shoulder blades, yeah. my yeah. spine and my ribs. Yeah. Yeah. Like it is just, it's mental. So to, to kind of like imagine that there was even more weight that I could have lost off of that is just... Mm barbaric like <laughs> so you got down to 39 kilos at your lowest point I think you? it was like 39.9 but okay. um, yeah. I'm fairly sure it was it was around 40 41 mm-hmm. but I was just obviously just a skeleton at that point yeah mm. Mm. that's super interesting it's funny because when I met Nung she was 39 kilos and she's like <laughs> a little tiger my height. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> But even when I look back on her photo, she was skinny. So, yeah. 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 Tiny. I was just wondering, like, if you remember, like, what was going on in your head at the time? Do you remember, like, your thoughts and? Oh, I was was consumed by how I would get out of my next meal (laughs) because everyone was just watching me. Like, Mm. everyone was just watching me and everyone, everyone, it just felt like, and our family has no bedside manner like everyone's just like that's just like got me under the microscope going are you eating i'm like well obviously not wayne calm your farm you're making a scene in front of people stressing me out actually gonna give me a heart attack um yeah that was i it was it consumed me fully like i was just like and it wasn't even a lot of girls I've spoken to that would count calories and stuff like that. And it wasn't even that for me. It was just like as little as I could eat, like whatever I could get away with, you know what I mean? Like, so I would, I just became the best liar and so deceitful when it came to food. And it was just, yeah, I had really, um, yeah, really, just sort of made a fine art out of it it was really yeah it was yeah that was honestly all I could think about I remember sitting at the dinner table with you like you know literally for every meal sitting there watch you eat like we were all eating together and then later on that night I'd found out you hadn't eaten any of it and it was like in your pants and up your sleeves and (laughs) like all over the place but I could have sworn that I watched you eat that food Yeah. yeah 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 wow just That's a pray. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if we well, didn't have a dog. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, lucky we didn't yeah, have a dog. fat dog. <laughs> I, I think it'd be interesting while we're along that topic of like food and how you did it. I, I remember hearing you talk about stories of while you were in the hospital and some of the people that were in there and um, how they treated you and how you treated them. It always cracked me up. So um, <laughs> just, I, I'd love yeah. to hear you share some of those stories again. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So I was put in a hospital. Um, I was, uh, sorry, I was 15 by the time I'd made it to hospital because I had my 16th birthday in hospital. Yeah. Uh, I was put into hospital. It was like the scare. I remember it so well. They take you of like a tour and um it was just like the scariest thing and I I remember mum and dad leaving that night and I just wept 
I was just I just wept and wept because I couldn't stay I was like mom please stay you can't leave me here like this is just a hellhole like I hated it it was freezing cold it literally smelt like a hospital like and then I'm just surrounded by crazy people and me thinking that I'm fine just felt so absurd like I was like yo these guys are crazy and I'm perfectly fine (laughs) it's fine I can go now I was like, I thought you guys were joking. Like, I don't want to be here. And then, so anyways, that night they got me hooked up um, to the nasogastric tube, which goes up your nose in a really long, probably like, I don't know how long, like maybe like 60 centimetres because it has to go down the back of your throat into your stomach. Um, And they, I remember that night because... (laughs) It just kept coming out my mouth. I'd put it in my nose and it kept coming out my mouth. I was like, it's not working. It's just not going to work for me. Like, this is just, let's just accept this for what it is. And then, no, eventually they they hooked it up. So I'd be on that for 12 hours every night. And for the first two weeks I was in there, I was on bed rest. So that meant that I couldn't get out of bed. It meant that I couldn't stand in the shower, that I'd have to have a nurse called Ben Sorry, I wasn't going to use names, but he is just the worst. Not you, the other Ben. Obviously. (laughs) Um, And just watch me, obviously, like while I'd shower and just felt so like awful. Like I was, I was, I was a child. I was 15. I wasn't allowed to do anything. I had people monitoring me, going to the toilet, lying in bed um, and like going to the shower, just like something that we do every day. We do a couple of times every day. I just couldn't do by myself. And I wasn't allowed to stand. I remember being so, they have these shower chairs and they were like, you'll need to sit on that for the shower. And I was like, I'm not sitting on that shower chair. Like who else has sat on that shower chair? That's disgusting. You're disgusting, disgusting, despicable people. I don't know who you think you are. I'm not putting my naked butt on that chair. <laughs> so I put a towel down because I was a bit of a, I just, I would just, um, fight back wherever I could it makes sense to I, me hate though. It. I get it yeah 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 I'm like yeah. concerned about that now like people want to share my water bottle no you can keep it like I don't want to share with you um yeah. <laughs> so yeah like that was and it was I was in there for uh, I think it was about almost five months mm. wasn't it mum yep yeah it was about it was about I've, I've figured out I figured out the dates pretty much exactly and it was almost five months just shy of five months and that was honestly like the hardest most difficult time of my life because I was a child and I was split up from my parents and I was just surrounded by these strangers who and their tact was their tactic was just like there's a lot of other other people that could be using these beds and that a lot of other people that are sicker than you that would really benefit from this bed that you've actually occupied and I was like please give it to them I'll leave like please give it to them like like that's not working for me like I'm smarter (laughs) than you clearly because (laughs) I'm just there's so many other people like other sick girls that could use this bed I'm like please I'll happily give it up like I'll happily I'll give it up tonight (laughs) call my mom (laughs) you know and just yeah like so it would work you would have these nurses and you would have these set nurses per their shift basically it would work out and like you'd go up to the board and you'd have to read which nurse you had and honestly all of them just sucked eggs. They were just really, just so. They were just really. They were just really mean. Tell us a story. Tell us a story about. I I remember. I can't remember them, but I remember you. Some of them are stories. so mean. Yeah, I don't. I don't know though. if I want to say it. Okay. I hear okay. No, I can. I can. As long as yeah, it's fine. It just is what. I'm not like this now. I I'm very accepting of how people want to live their so. lives. <laughs> No, so Ben, this nurse that I had, I hope you're listening, Ben. Um, he he was telling me one night while he was fitting up my tube, right? So they would put it down my nose and then it would hook up to this machine that would tick over 12 hours so you wouldn't get too full. Um, and he and we just we just clashed. We just didn't get along. I hated him, he hated me. Like he I think he tried quite hard to sort of be with anyone but me (laughs) um and he was just like telling me about how he just uh, proposed to his girl his girlfriend and I was like oh that's so nice Ben have you told her that you're gay (laughs) because I was like everyone here knows that you're gay (laughs) we all think you're gay so does she know that because if she doesn't she must be a fool like I just anything I could do to (laughs) 
<laughs> Ben's losing it. Anything I could do to hurt him, I would. Like, and I was a spiteful little teenager. I just, I just would. And one night, because they would, you'd have to get refitted for your tube. You couldn't just use the same one. They just chucked them out. And one night um, I was being, I, you, you have to kind of go into this little room and where they would just fit it all and cut it and make sure it would all work for that night. And I stole, <laughs> they used to have these massive syringes, like massive, really, really big. Yeah. And I stole one of them and I was like, all right, I'm going to go to the, and every time you go to the bathroom, you could either take it, take, it was on one of the Walker things, yeah. take it with you or just unplug for a little while, which was always easier. So I unplugged and I just drained it all. <laughs> just drained all of the feed that they had fed me through the tube and I just drained it all and poured it down the drain and more actually because they would force feed us obviously throughout the day so I just kept draining what does like, force feeding what... mean oh they would just like sit with us and I'm talking so there was like five anorexic girls in the ward yeah and sit with us and sit with us till we ate until we until we ate and so they, they didn't like train. hold your nose and shove it down your throat no 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 nothing yeah. like that i think that that was that's probably against the law um <laughs> i don't know anything flies yeah and yeah they would just sit with us it really reminds me of like trying to feed a small child now that yeah. i have small children they would sit with us and try and manipulate us until we would eat um, and then we'd have once a week on a Thursday, oh, twice a week, it was Tuesday and Thursday, sorry, we'd have our weigh-ins and they'd wake us up at the crack of dawn because they needed to know that we weren't like trying to drink heaps of water so we would weigh more. So if you weighed more, you'd get out basically. That's how it worked. Or you you would, it would increase your chances of at least getting out yeah. sooner, you know. And lots of girls would, they would drink heaps of water and try and put stuff in their pockets and stuff like that. So they would weigh more so they could just go home to their families. Um, and they would wake us up at the crack of dawn and weigh us. And every single time that happened, which was twice a week, we would all be sitting at the table, just bawling our eyes out. Cause obviously we'd put on weight mm. and it was just like every single one of us. And I remember it so well, we would just, and then they're like, okay, grow up time for breakfast. And it's just like, you want me to eat after I've just put on like however many, kilograms sometimes no not normally kilograms but sometimes you would you'd make that kilogram jump because it was normally like 400 grams or like 500 grams or something like that you'd make that kilogram jump and then it would just ruin it would ruin us me it would ruin us and we were just sat there just like going what the hell like I can't believe because you're really torn with wanting to go home but also not wanting to compromise on what you believe is right for yourself so as kids I know that sounds crazy but that's kind of what it was you know for us as kids uh, another question i was just wondering like with all of the stuff that you went through there did any of the tactics work did it did it get you to eat did it change your mindset or and make anything change no honestly no like and all the girls i know who i'm I'm mostly still friends with one of them's like a dear friend of mine she struggled Mm -hmm. for years well until she's she's like 30 now I think she's a year younger than me yeah she's 30 now and she's only just starting to go oh okay I actually can't live my life like that like I actually can't live my life that way and I'm like oh thank the lord that I was able to go this is hurting my body ruining my chances of having kids um hurting my body hurting my parents hurting my family and go okay I need to stop this and it wasn't instant but I, I, I work towards that from, from something that I did, not something that they said or did. Yeah, it, did, it honestly didn't work. And it was just a really crappy experience. I put on weight. I had to weigh 57 kilos before I was able to leave, yep. um, which is still pretty light for uh, I would have been, what, 5'9", maybe, or 5'8". Mm. which is still pretty light for for that person but like to go from 40 to that is a lot mm. there's a lot of weight to put on mm. and it was really hard yeah. when you were saying that none of their like tactics worked for you um i remember the day that we took you in there and talking to the nurse that was admitting you and she said oh um uh we actually have like an 80 percent failure rate at mm. this and i'm thinking hmm Mm. maybe there's a different way 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and talked uh, about readmissions, like how most people are readmitted. Yeah. But that didn't ever happen for you. No, yeah. it didn't, which is just like by the grace of God, honestly, because, well, not really. It was, no, it was, sorry. I don't want to discredit him. <laughs> no, it was. But I would like, so I'd get weighed and I'd wait. This was outside of hospital, sorry, after I was discharged. They would weigh me. But our, Ben, I don't know if you remember. Nope. You wouldn't because you wore pants, not a skirt. Anyways, <laughs> on one side was how you would zip it up and and put the button up. On the other side was this ridiculous pocket, like the length of two men's hands, like massive down one side. And I just used to pack that with like cans of baked beans and stuff before I'd get weighed. Yeah. And then one day the doctor figured it out because she was like, oh, you put on seven kilos in three days. <laughs> And I was like, oh, it's a miracle. <laughs> and she was like, okay, we're going to have to do this naked. So she would make me take my uniform off. I was like, damn. But then I found like this little baggy thing I had in my room and I would like tie rocks in the bag of rocks into my hair. Wow. Like, and just, it just so I would just anything that I could find, I would do or carry something under my arm. I would, I would do to sort of, you know, not go back there. Mm. Mm. That's super interesting. Do you um, do you remember what was the turning point for you? I know you said you know, like you were worried about what you're doing to your body and the chances of having kids and to mm. you know your family and stuff. Um, was there anything else that sort of triggered in you? I think I just like when I got out and I realized like like what kind of life I was, I could have, I could be living, you know what I mean? And how it actually wasn't normal for me. My behavior wasn't normal. My obsession wasn't normal and it certainly wasn't healthy, but also like Jason and I started dating when I was 17 and like, although it didn't last that first time, we only dated for a year. It was like, he gave me a glimpse into like a life with someone, you know what Mm. I mean? Mm. And to just kind of go like, Oh, I, I want that more than I want to be the sick girl because that's actually what people would know me as you know when I went back to school I struggled so much it was all so hard um and I was like oh there's there can actually I can actually have a normal life if I stop it now you know Mm -hmm. if I if I just go let's go okay this happened let's onwards and upwards you know what I mean and it and and I'm not saying that it was like this quick fix because it certainly wasn't um, I la- the last time I got weighed, I was 19. Um, mm. for, and it, that wasn't like an, a regular one. They would call me back. They were like, all right, we need to make sure that, you know, you're doing well. So they were like, we'll do this many ways over this many months. And so I did it and I agreed to do it because I didn't want to live that life anymore. And yeah, it was, it was, it was fine. Like I was fine because mm. I, but like the fact that it was like, it started when I was 13 and finished off around 1920 is just insane. Mm. That's such a long time. Mm. That's like, those, those were, that was my entire adolescence. Yeah. Just consumed by it. You know, I was just consumed yeah. by it. Does it have any lasting yeah. effects on you? Does it, does it ever come like the feelings that you remember of having in the past? Does it ever come back to you anymore? Or is it like, or is it totally gone? I'd be lying if I said it's gone because I definitely still have like moments of weakness. And I think that like, it's like an easy way for the enemy to get me on my knees. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like a, it's a really easy way for me to, to crumble is to sort of, and I do like, I'm just, I'm a, a, you know, and my body's changed. I'm a woman. Like I have no, I have no issues with looking like one. You know what I mean? Whereas Mm. back then I was like, no, I need to be a stick figure. You know, I have no problem with looking like a woman because I'm a woman who's had two kids. I carried them, I birthed them, I fed them. Like my body's done incredible things, but it's just, yeah, some days, some days, not even days, just some moments I'm like, I just, I get, I get caught up in it, you know? Yeah. I remember you saying to me once, um, like you seem to think it all started, you know, like when, when we were living in Thailand. Um, I sort of feel like it probably started before that, but when it became really apparent to um, lots of people. And I remember you saying to me once, um, like the few times 
after that you went back to Thailand to visit Ben that that same feeling consumed mm. you again is, is mm. that right is that what yeah yeah I was still pretty young then mm. and I had been doing well I remember because Toby was so little that's when Toby and I were like inseparable because yeah. uh, he was living with oh he was so cute and he did it was so awesome he didn't even want Ben he didn't want dad he just wanted me yeah and that's when he got his hair his fiddling with his hair obsession yeah um because he likes to he probably doesn't anymore I assume but no, he, he does <laughs> he keeps grabbing his own hair he does this all like really yeah you you got I him down this his- like path it's like is his it's probably his anorexia he's obsessed with hair like come on <laughs> oh, shivers. he was so cute i remember him he couldn't like he i could just remember he was just like a little koala bear he'd like tuck up in my yeah. neck and just play with my hair yeah, it's so his, cute um, yeah oh just the cutest oh my gosh anyways <laughs> um what was the question oh yeah yeah no i remember yeah i remember that i remember that feeling that day um but I also just think, you know, we believe in spiritual warfare. So it's kind of just like in a place like that where it's just so openly the opposite of what we believe, mm. it sort of it makes for this really tricky time for someone who struggles with a, a specific thing or like, mm. I don't know, it's, I, can't, I can't even, I can't articulate it, I can't explain it, but... Yeah. I yeah I don't there's there's something it's really hard because I love that country because I have a niece and a nephew and a sister-in-law but there's so much that is to me so evil about it and I can't explain it like maybe that's too broad to say the country but it's just like there's something about it there that like my spirit feels attacked there like it's hard it's really hard to explain Mm-hmm. It's like my constitution just becomes paper thin and then I just can't f- fight. Like I can't, I don't know. It's weird. Can't Not every time. Like- yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't, you know, make good decisions or mm. I don't know. It's weird. That's it's interesting. Weird. Yeah. It's cool. I was just um, thinking with that being said, all of those things that you talked about, I'd love to get mum's perspective on it how it went down for her because we've I almost have no perspective on this because I was separated from everything but yeah and Anna shared a little bit about her so we could probably talk for hours about it from what happened yeah we could but um I would love to catch mum's perspective and how it looked to her and then after that I would like to talk about how it um or maybe you could talk about it as well mum the perspective of how you think Anna got out of it as well because I know that there's a cool story around that too Mm, yeah. So do you want to do that in another another podcast? No. No? Go. Do it now. Do it. Speak. <laughs> okay. All right. I okay. Well, um for me, I first started noticing it um like when we when we were living in Thailand. And um I know that Anna was really like self-conscious about how she looked because she was tall and like she said, you know, like a lot more solid than Thai people. And yeah, they have no qualms about telling you, you know, pointing out that sort of thing to you. Um, So I know that she felt really like vulnerable about that. And then we were at um, like working at an orphanage and we'd all eat our meals together. And I noticed that she'd be skipping meals or she, you know, like she wouldn't be eating. She just coming in and sitting there. So I sort of started to, you know, sort of wonder what was going on and yeah. And then noticed like she was losing lots of weight and this was the second year that we were there and she wanted to um, come back to Australia and I was homeschooling her and I said to, okay, well, if you can finish all your homeschooling, and get no less in your weight than 60 kilos I'll take you back for that last term and you can you know like go go back to school and be with your friends and things like that so that all happened and we went back um and I was going to stay there with her for a month get her settled in with some friends and get her back into school and things like that then I was going to go back to Thailand for the last three months before we were due to go home but within two weeks of being there I thought oh there's no way I can go back to Thailand this kid's just too sick like I cannot do it and um, yeah Anna and I spent probably four or five months 
um, in our friend's little unit. It was a two-bedroom unit. Um, our friend had one room, Anna had the other room. I slept on the lounge for the, you know, for the three or four months or however long we were there. And that's when we started having to, you know, like go to doctors and see if we could find out what was going on and like talk to school and, you know, like try and get support and, and help there, you know, because she was going to school there. And there were a couple of um, chaplains at the school at the time who were just amazing with her, just did amazing things with her. And, yeah, I was just really, really thankful for that help and support. And... I had a lot of personal help and support as well. Like the friend that we were staying with, she was amazing. And just, you know, like everyone that that we knew were, yeah, were really great support. So then in the Christmas holidays, um, Wayne was coming back. And as Anna said before, Ben and Nung came back for a holiday too. It was the first time Nung had ever been to Australia. <clears throat> and I hadn't really told Wayne too much about what was going on because he was in Thailand on his own and I didn't want him to like worry too much about what was happening here but he mm. knew that she was sick but before he left Thailand um, I said to him look I've just got to warn you when you see Anna you're going to be really really shocked and Anna and I went in to pick them up from the railway station and the look on his face was just absolute devastation. I think it was just like probably one of the hardest things he's ever had to to yeah. see and deal with in his life. Yeah. And then literally within two or three days of that, that was when they first put Anna into hospital. And because it was Christmas, I think because it was Christmas, they didn't want anyone in the hospital. They wanted just the minimum number of people in the hospital that they could so they sent her home and as she said we all had Christmas together but soon um, after Ben and Nung went back to Thailand she was back in hospital again and then that's when that hospital saga started. Um, mm. I was pretty lucky because um, when we went to Thailand I had taken two years leave without pay from school and they said to me like, you know, when you come back, we want you back. We don't want to lose you. But in my mind, I, I wasn't going back there when we came back. But I'm just so thankful that I had that opportunity to be able to go back there into that community where people knew me and loved me and could support me. And, um, yeah, that just made that part of my life a lot easier, you know, just being yeah. somewhere comfortable and, you know, somewhere where people love me and could help me. Mm. But, um, yeah, every every single night that Anna was in hospital, apart from maybe one or two nights, um, Wayne and I would, he'd get home from work, we'd jump in the car, we'd drive into the city, go to the hospital, visit for, you know, a couple of hours, whatever visiting hours were, come home, go to work the next day, back into the hospital, it just went round and round and round. And it's, not a, long, even, it's not a short trip either, it's, it's a long way. No. Yeah, especially, yeah, at that time of the day. And um, her other brother, Tim, had just had a, a little baby and they used to come in and visit her um, on a regular basis too. And um, like her grandparents from Newcastle would come up. And so she had a lot of support and all her friends from school would come and visit regularly. And it sort of got to the point where the nurses in the hospital were saying to me, Anna, has too many visitors like you have to stop these people coming to visit her and I just said no nah, I'm sorry I can't do that I said you know like they're her support they're her lifeline they're the people that love her and care about her and they're the ones that are going to get her through this and um, as she said she had her 16th birthday in there so we decided to have a party and there was a little like yard out the back of the ward so we started the party out there and there were a whole bunch of kids from school and things like that and we had cakes and you know it was just having a really good fun time and the nurses came out and they said look we're really sorry but you guys are making too much noise you're going to have to go down onto the front lawn of the hospital you're <laughs> so making the hospital too much fun you're making it yeah. <laughs> it's meant so to be a sad place move. yeah yeah oh we it was had to move the party um down onto the front lawn of the hospital but um, like even through that five months that we went there every night, um, it was really great because we actually got to meet some of the other kids 
parents and family and things like that and we developed relationships with them and we were able to support each other in that as well so it was a really 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 hard time in all our lives but there were just so many amazing blessings and bonuses you know that came out of it as well yeah 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 so that's cool so so how did it finish up how did how did we get out of this how did it like from your perspective mum, what what happened at the end um, like getting her out of hospital, do you getting mean? her out of hospital. How did it, how did all that happen? And then her, her being healed and all that sort of stuff. And just, cause I know there's a story um, there too. There is a story. Um, I don't know. Do you want to tell that story, Anna? Do you, what are you, well, I don't know what you're talking about. That Sorry. Dream you had that night. <sighs> I can't remember. Yeah, you can tell it. I don't care. What are you going to do? Yeah. All right. <laughs> So one one night we went into the hospital and, um, yeah, Anna was just really, really, like, really disturbed and really distraught and, like, scared and crying and, and really upset and saying, like, what's the matter? What's the matter? And then she told us about this dream that she'd had the night before and she said it was, like, there were just a whole bunch of, like, evil spirits or something, like, flying around her room and just harassing her and they wouldn't leave her alone. And then... Um, one of them stopped in front of her and I remember her saying to me like it was the most evil demented thing that I've ever seen in my life and she said it was that minute that I realized like you know what was trying to get me who was trying to kill me and I sort of sensed that that might have been a bit of a turning point too Mm. like in you you know like wanting to get out of there and wanting to get better but I remember for weeks after that you were saying like I can't sleep at night I cannot sleep at night like I'm too scared to go to sleep because yeah of that, yeah that encounter that and that did. I remember that dream now that you're talking about it because like that was in our home mm. like it was so and it was so real and I was just like and I had woken up that morning my tube was out which mm. happened a lot, but that time it was an accident. I would sometimes just pull it out and stick it in the mattress. But anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I my tree was out. I was like all tangled up like in such a mess. So I must have been like fighting in my sleep. Mm. Like it had, that dream had really affected me physically. Mm. And so I was really, I was annoyed that they were like in my home. Or I was like seeing all this really dark, evil stuff like in my home. And I'm like, hey. It's my house. You're not allowed here. <laughs> like, but also, I don't know if you remember, but my room, do you remember my room, mum? In the hospital, before I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, before I got moved. Yep. Really creepily, the the guy, uh, a guy who used to be in that room, used to come and sit at the window. Oh, really? And it was just like creepy as hell. Like yeah. he, he would get in trouble because you actually have to climb up there. It was like a little courtyard thing. Oh, the real person. Yeah. Just, oh, gee. yeah. He would. Mm. Yeah, it was real, and he would just sit there and stare. I'm like, what the hell is going on in here? <laughs> I'm like, yo, you need to move me. I can't be here. Like, that's yeah. creepy. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, so yeah, I struggled at night for a really long time. Yeah. 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 But then um, the way we got you out of hospital, um, we were invited to. A wedding and we had to leave for this wedding on a particular date because it was down in Wollongong and um, like I rang the, the the doctors and the nurses and psychologists or whatever and said look we've been invited to this wedding like is it okay to go he said yep go buy yourself an outfit off you go and I said all right I said so we'll come and pick up Anna you know on, on the the day you know the next day he said oh no Anna's not going I said, well, like, she's like, you know, you're going to let her out next week. So why can't she get out tomorrow? They said, no, she's she's not allowed out until that date. But I actually realised that she was a voluntary patient. She hadn't um, gotten into, you know, like any trouble or she got into lots of trouble, but she just didn't get busted for for the things she did. So she was she remained voluntary the whole time, because if you're involuntary. Yeah, you should explain that. Yeah. yeah, if you're a voluntary patient, you're there of your own free will. If you're involuntary, um, you can't, like, you can't get out. You can't do anything. You literally have no rights. You just have to do what they. And you and you t- can become an involuntary patient like that, like yeah. so yeah. quick. Yes. And they normally act. It's normally a default. Like you're normally mm. in and you're really sick, and then they change you. 
Yeah. It's like someone forgot to do their job yeah, or something I'd, on I'd my like file. Yes. <laughs> just an absolute miracle that that happened. So um, there was me and dad and another friend of ours from Thailand who were, was also invited to the wedding. So the three of us went in that day and busted her out of the hospital. It was so much fun. <laughs> we said, yeah. oh, we're here to get Anna. And, yeah, it caused a big kerfuffle, but they had to let her come with us and, yeah, like, that was just the beginning of the next part of the journey, I guess, really, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. And then after Which that, still did it took happen? a long time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was just yeah. going to say, how long did it take or how did that progress from there? It's probably another four years after that, at least, mm. before, yeah. yeah, before things got back to. And I actually had to heal as well from being in there mm. and like, I had to kind of recover in a different way, which sounds so silly, but like I was there for so long. And apparently I'm told today that they would never keep someone for that long. But Mm -hmm. I'm like, some of those girls were there for longer than me. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, mine was a long stint, but some of them were longer Mm -hmm. um, because they just refused to eat and they refused to get better. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah. Mm. I just remember, um, one time, you know, we were talking about it when you when you did get better and you said to me, like, I would go through all of that again to be in the place that I'm at now with God. So does that still stand for you? Has that changed in any way at all? Or? No, not at all. I totally, totally would. And, like, still to this day, like, I've always, I've always had a very like, uh, that sounds so stupid because everyone does, but like a really private personal relationship with God. I'm just, what I mean by that is like, I'm not, I'm not one to be like, I don't have a Christian stamp on my forehead. You know what I mean? Like you must know that I worship Christ. Like that's not what I'm, that's, that's, it's always been private and personal. Mm. Um, But when I was sick and I don't know if it's because I was so sick and my heart, like my heart was struggling I have never been still to this day so physically close with God. Like, and I don't know if that's because like I was so far gone, if you want to, like I was so sick, Mm. but I just can't, I can't explain, I can't explain it. Like, I don't know. It was just, yeah. And like, it was, yeah, it was unreal because it was just like, it was like I needed it so bad. So it was there. Yeah. Like I and it's like I worked for it and I got it, even though I was struggling so much. And to everyone else, it would be like, oh, and a lot of people were saying, a lot of our Christian friends were saying, Oh, she's, you know, she needs to she needs to repent for her sins or she needs to like do a better job reading the Bible or this, that, and the other. And it was like, No, I'm actually doing all those things. Like yeah. I, I am and I'm doing all those things. And I know you must assume that my relationship with God sucks because I'm like this, but it was the opposite. Yeah. Like it was the opposite. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. It was life, nuts. isn't it? It's just like yeah. the things that happen to us, the things that yeah. happen to us, we just, uh, we just move through life. I, I think that um, there's something that we probably, a lot of Christians misunderstand this because they think that we're Christians. So bad things don't happen, but it's like, it's just uh-huh. it's not that at all. It's not that at all. It's like life. And if it does happen, happens. you're a bad Christian. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm. another con-, con. Yeah. Another yeah. concept. Yeah. yeah. But it was. Yeah. It felt. I, I suppose the word. It just felt so tangible. Like it was just like I could hold it, mm. and I could. Sh- I could show you mm. what this thing was going on between me and God. This relationship. Mm. I could show it to you. Like it was just, it's giving me goosebumps talking about it because it was just nuts. Like, and mum would give me these little, I don't know, such a 90s kid, but like <laughs> you'd go to Kurong or whatever and get these little cards with like Bible verses them. on them. And mum gave me one every single night, every single night. And every, cause she would come there every, there was two nights that she didn't come that whole time that I was in hospital. But every single night she'd give me one and I'd stick them up on my bed and one night when I got in trouble, they all got taken off me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. I got in trouble a lot. <laughs> yeah, no. It's super cool though. It's like, I really hear what you're saying. I, I love the idea of, um, 
of us just going through life and dealing with whatever happens to us and whatever hits us, because it's not like we don't make these things happen. Whatever slams us in the face, God's there with us. And it's not about being good uh-huh. or doing the right thing or reading the Bible the right way. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's just like dealing. Yeah, with exactly. And, and uh, I don't know. So yeah, I love that. I love that story. So it's all about about like relationship and not about rules, isn't it? Totally. Yeah. And that's what separates what we believe from religion. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like we were, we had very religious behavior back then and we were oh, in yeah. religious churches and stuff like that. So mm. today, if that happened today, it would be different, yeah. but it didn't. You might not Thank be here. <laughs> you might not be where yeah. you are right now without that. So you, you've been in a different Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. Yeah. That's right. Well, so, how, how, how oh, we, sorry, go on, go on. I was just going to say, just ask one more question. So yeah. like yeah. right now, um, like how, how do you feel about that experience that happened back then and how has it impacted your life and, you know, people around you, do you think? Well, it's impacted my life hugely. It's actually something I know I was really young when it started, but it's something I think about every single day. And now, like, I have a daughter I am overly protective in that no one's going to tell her what her body should be. You know what I mean? Like she, no one's going to tell her, no one's going to set this unrealistic expect, expectation or standard, sorry, of like what beauty is, which so many people did for me. And I don't know why, mm. like, it's just looking back. I'm like, Oh, why did you say that to a young person? You can't say that to a young person. Um, so like I will protect that innocence of her, to the grave, you know, and, and show her is more important things about you than like your dress size or how you look or this Mm. and the other. Mm. And, and those are the things that really matters. So Mm. it's affected my life in that way. And thankfully it hasn't physically affected me too much. Like I definitely, like I was saying, I had definitely have bad moments, but I was still able to have my babies and I was Mm. still able to, you know, fulfill that part of my life so I'm super super grateful for that because honestly it just that felt like such a miracle (laughs) Mm, mm. like for most people who knew it sort of intimately what had happened and what my body had actually been through Mm. it was just like oh damn you did that naturally I'm like yeah yeah I'm proud (laughs) carry my babies (laughs) I've got a a little story about that too if we got time for that yeah 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 so um that that um, five months when you and I were back here in Australia on our own, like I wasn't working or anything like that. And I just read so much about anorexia and I would, um, I'd just be reading my Bible, like, you know, looking for Bible verses and, you know, like anything God had to say to encourage me. And um, one day, like I came across this verse and to me it was a promise that um, like he, you weren't going to die that he was going to heal you 100% and then you would be able to go out and help other people with this experience. And I remember when you were trying to have Audrey and like you rang me up and said, oh, mum, I'm not pregnant. And I thought to myself, oh, how many months, (laughs) how many years am I going to have to listen to this every month? I don't think I can deal with it. And then the next month she rings and says, oh, I'm pregnant. And I just sensed that God said to me, I told you I was going to heal her 100%. I healed her mind. Why wouldn't I heal her body? Mm. So that was very, that was a cool story. That's yeah. great. Yeah. And now we yeah. have two little awesome ciliars. Yes. Yeah. 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 They are awesome. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. Awesome. Well, why don't we leave it at that for now and then uh, we'll come back a bit later. Okay. Nice. Thanks, guys. See ya. Catch you later. Bye.